I hope we can get this done and still get through the message. Um, Jay was talking about this morning, he talked about examining our hearts and checking our hearts out. When Dan preached on Haggai 1 um, last year, he, he talked a lot about the same things we're going to talk about today, about examining our hearts and considering our ways before the Lord. Now, we are, our church is changing. It's obvious, okay? I don't think anybody doubts things have changed in the last few months. We're seeing a lot more people coming on a much more regular basis. We're seeing growing pains. Um, I want you to be honest up here. Don't get me wrong. I am absolutely grateful with all my heart that God has provided a place for us to meet for the last 10 or 11 years. Um, I've been thrilled. We've been dry. We've been mostly warm. Um, well, mostly dry too, except for the leaks. Um, but I want you to be honest with me here this morning, okay? And don't get me wrong, I'm totally grateful. And if God, if God wants us to stay here, I'll be grateful that we're still staying here. But I want you to be honest. Let's be a church. Let's be family, all right? Can we be frank with each other? Let's be family. What are some of the disadvantages of us meeting where we meet today? Be honest. I'm not going to see this complaining because I've probably had the same frustrations. What are some disadvantages of meeting where we meet? Parking is an issue, obviously. What else? We're not visible. We have a sign out there. You can tell people meet in the GAA. There's no visibility. What about, what else? Cleanliness. Cleanliness. This place, when we come in, most weeks is a kip. When we get here at 10 o'clock, it's usually filthy. And um, by the time the other rest of the help arrives, which we're grateful for, a lot of that filth has been cleaned up. Place is filthy normally. What else? Anyone who wants to just walk into Exactly right. We're kind of off in the distance. We need to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know it brings all sorts of no, Carolina. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's one of my big concerns. Yeah. Our ability to minister to the community is limited because of where we meet. Yeah. Would anybody argue that? Mm-hmm. All right. We can't do the kind of things we'd like to do. We can't have a toddler group. We can't have tea or open houses. We can't invite people in off the street because of where we're meeting today. Um, big issue for me. All right. Um, there's practical things. Does anybody like carrying the chairs over the gate every week? Anybody love that? It's a hassle, but nobody really loves it, do we? Thank you very much, Owen. Thank you for doing that. Um, I think I could go on, right? I think I made my point. We're at the stage now. You know, right now, we only have six more chairs back there. Even very practical things. If everybody were here today that could come... I don't think we'd have any empty seats in here if everybody came who could come today. We've got at least six or seven more people who could theoretically be here. Now, I was reading and I was thinking about this this week and thinking about things and and, um, a lot of things. I mean, it's difficult for us to come back for Bible studies um, Sunday evenings. If we had the right kind of place, we could, all we would need is a decent hall. We could move our kids club camp there. Um, All kinds of things could happen. And I just, as I was praying this week, and guys, I love you, and I want you to know my heart, and I I hope you don't think I'm complaining or carping about issues. I just want you to take some things to heart with me this morning. 
We're family, right? So we can do that? As I was reading this, my thought was driven back to the book of Haggai. Um, Dan Preshaw, like I said a year ago, one of my favorite passages. Let me tell you what the church, what Haggai was like, the time of Haggai was like. Haggai wrote to the church at a time when God's house needed to be built. They had started building God's house, and it was time to finish building God's house. All right? That's where they were. And I sat here and I thought about this, and I thought about how God's people met wherever they could meet. People were taking care of themselves. They made sure everything they needed they had. Um, they had, we'll see that in just a few seconds. And yet all that time, God's house was what the old King James says, lying waste, not being built. Now, I'm not saying we have begrudgers or complainers. I ask you to be honest, all right? Nobody ever makes a big fuss about our worship conditions. Except my wife, okay? <laughs> and she does it to me. Um, but I think we all know something has to happen. And everybody wants something to happen. Um, if I could say I could wave a magic wand and we'd have a building on Main Street in Nace tomorrow, I think everybody would agree. But that's not going to happen. I could theoretically write to our supporting churches in America and they could probably send enough money to get us started. I don't think it's their responsibility. Do you? Do you think it's a bunch of Yanks' responsibility to pay for our facilities? Whose responsibility is it? Ours. And the way we do that was only one way to do it. We need a couple of things. We need finances. We need people who are willing to work. Because if we do this, we're not going to be able to move into a nice, carpeted, everything fancy, ready-to-go building. We're going to be willing to work. Now, that I can get help with. And I wouldn't mind getting help because there are people willing and jumping at the chance to help with those kind of things. But we need to make a change. And I don't think we're going to be able to make that change until we get things totally straight in our heads. And that's what Haggai wrote about in Haggai chapter 1. I want you to turn to Haggai 1 with me this morning. Haggai, Haggai chapter 1. Uh, wonderful book. One of my very favorites. As I said, this was written about 520 B.C., the church had started to build the temple. They'd gotten lazy. They got more focused on what they wanted in their houses than they were in doing God's work, than they were in fixing up God's house. I'm going to use God's house in that sense, okay? I realize that the body of Christ is God's house. All right, so excuse my terminology here, but I'm also going to use that in the sense of a place for us to meet together if you hear, when I hear that today. So don't get me... You know what, okay, can I do that? Without, is that okay if you understand what I'm saying? We need a place that God's house can meet properly and fully be served and fully serve the Lord. And these people were the same way. And I'm sure they were walking about complaining about not being able to build the temple. But the problem was, what we're going to see here this morning, I want you to just follow along. I want you please, please, please to open your Bibles to Haggai, Haggai chapter 1. I call this... Um, Oh my goodness, my notes are all messed up. There it is. Uh, let me just read Haggai 1. Uh, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, The people say, 
The time has not come. The time the Lord's house should be built. Now I want you to hear these verses in the context of our church. All right. It is not time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple lie in ruins? Now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You sow much and you bring in little. You eat but you do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. He who earns wages earns wages to be put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, and indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because my house is in ruins, while every one of you runs into his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth is withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land, and on the mountains, on the grain, and on the new wine. And the oil and whatsoever things the ground brings forth on men and on livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel the son of Sheltiel and Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and all and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had said. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. And Haggai the Lord's messenger spoke and the Lord's message saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of, Shel- the son of Sheltiel, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord their God on the 24th day of the, state of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Now, if you did what I asked you to do and thought about those words being written, written to Nath Baptist Fellowship, I think we're probably on the same page, aren't we? It doesn't take a whole lot of explanation to make that clear. But let's look at some things this morning. Let's let's, let's pray and ask God to bless our study this morning. Father, I thank you for this passage of Scripture. Lord, I I pray now, Lord, that that we as a church would catch a vision of how we can better serve you. Um, Lord, we meet up here in this room. It's dry and it's nice and it's warm and we've never had a problem with it. But Lord, as Caroline said, we're not in a place where we can reach this community. People have to know about us. Have to get some, see us, meet, meet us online. People just can't walk in off the street um, and and be greeted um, by believers. And Lord, we I think we need to make some changes. I think that Lord, in, in that sense, I believe we're at the time when your house needs to be built according to what Haggai says. Help us to be challenged, convicted if needed by the passage before us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not, I want you all to do what Haggai says. I'm not going to consider your ways. I want each one of us, as we sit here this morning, to let God speak to our hearts, and each one of us would consider our ways and apply the message. First of all, there is a problem of priorities in verses 2 through 6. We looked at that. This uh, speaks the Lord of hosts. People say, the time has not come, but the time the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you to live in your nice houses, your panel houses, and God's house by ways? Consider your ways. Very clear challenge here. People had, those people were saying, it's not time to take such a big step. We can keep doing this. We can keep worshiping God. We can keep providing for ourselves. We can keep fixing up our houses. We can keep doing all of these things. Um, it's just not time to make, take that next step. And what does Haggai say? How does he challenge them? He says, consider your ways. You people think for a second. 
What is the most important thing in your life? When we consider the gift that Jesus came when he went to the cross, and I've been reading through 2 Corinthians myself, he gave his unspeakable gift. He gave his all for us. And I'm wondering what we are willing to do for God's work in the town of Nace. I understand we're not a huge church. We're not a rich church. Nobody in here is super wealthy. Some of us are scraping by just to pay the bills. But, but Haggai says, consider your ways. He said, I've got work. God, Haggai said, quoted God as saying, I've got work that needs to be done here. And you people are prioritizing your own needs and your own wants and your own desires. I sit here and I wonder myself. I look back and I say, because I'm, I'm talking, you know how I preach. I'm talking to me like everybody else. Is that, is that true for me? Am I, giving, am I doing all I can do to further God's work and to see our church move forward? Looking around you this morning, most of you can remember when we would have, some, you've been in church, sir, we've had 10 or 12 people in church before. All right? Including my family. But look around you. Look, look, think about the church the last few weeks. We've got, the, we've got, by God's grace, the ability to do great things for God. Some of us might say, well, well, you know, God's not really blessing our church. All these other churches are getting blessed. But I wonder if we're really seeing God blessed because we've got the wrong priorities. What do you think God could do if we were fully dedicated to serving Him in a whole new way, way beyond what we think is possible, if we had the dedication and the mindset to serve God? He says these things. He, um, he quotes them. He says, I-, I love some of these phrases. Stop and think about your situation. Um, they, 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 he says they, they, they lived in their fancy, with their fancy paneled walls. Their focus was on what we, and we have the same thing. We focus on, the, on all the material things that are there, and yet we're still meeting upstairs in this little room at the Nace GAA. When we could be doing so much more. Stop and consider your ways. Think about what's important to you. Consider what is important in your life. Does, what, does, what, do, what does your life, what does my life reflect? What does my life show? Haggai writes, You've sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but nobody's warm. He who earns, and I love this last phrase, He who earns wages, earns wages to be put into a bag full of holes. You ever felt that way? You earn your wages and it just seems like your pockets are holy and the money's just gone. What Haggai's talking about here, he's talking about the same things that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth when he talked about giving. He talked, he praised the Macedonians because of their giving, and the Macedonian giving um, was known all throughout the region. Paul was doing his ministry. He told one, he told one of the churches, he said, You've not given me anything. He said, this other, this, he said the church at Macedonia has had to pay my expenses for staying alive because you people aren't doing anything. Alright? I think that's why we cannot depend on American churches to fix up our church and get us going. It's our task. He says you've got all these things wrong and you wonder why God's not blessing in your lives. You're wondering why things aren't progressing. And we're not talking here by any way, shape, or means about a prosperity gospel. Because he's talking about God's work. Why God's work? 
is not prospering because they wouldn't even finish building the temple. You say, how can they not do that? They had more things important than the temple in their lives. Consider your ways, he wrote. Verse uh, 7 and 8 talk about a... Again, he says, consider your ways. It must be important. He says it again. Consider your ways. Contemplate on your path. Um, Here's what he says to do. So how do we solve that problem? What do we do about it? I'm really blessed that I preached this message a few years ago. And a couple of guys were there. And they'd been praying about starting a new ministry. And just funny enough, was out in the Wicklow Mountains where they could find some property. And they took this message as a direct sign of what God was going to do. I mean, they, 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 they took these constructions and they took it and they founded what is now Tiglin in the Wicklow Mountains um, because they took this seriously and took it to heart. What does God say to you? He says, oh, he says, I want you to do this. Here's what I want. I want you to go out into the mountain, into the world, bring wood and build this house for I will be glorified, saith the Lord. God wants His people doing His work. You know, I'm hearing me say this, and I'm probably feeling the same kind of anxiety in my heart as some of you folks are. Because it's a terrifying thought, isn't it? That God wants us to step up a step. We're very comfortable here. Nice little church, lovely fellowship, giving sweet, precious, dear people. Wouldn't trade you for the world. I wouldn't trade you for any church on the face of the earth. My home church is without a pastor. And even if I were 20 years younger, and they, when we were back next week, they asked us to consider coming there to pastor the church. I'd say, I have a church, guys. Why would I come back here? I wouldn't trade this place for any place. But I think God wants us to get busy. I think it's time for us to start moving forward. About a, was it nearly a year ago we started looking at properties, Jay? About this AGM a year ago, somewhere around here. And couldn't find anything that was right. And the reason we couldn't find anything that was right, we couldn't find anything we could afford. I heard somebody say one time, um, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? And if you don't like me anymore, after this is what I'm going to say, I hate that. But we have the resources to get a building. The problem is, it's, our, it's in our pockets and not in the church account. Roger, that's mean. You don't know how I live. Well, you know, to be honest, none of us know how each other live. Nobody knows how tough it is to pay the bills. But if you go over to 2 Corinthians, doesn't God promise that he'll pay the bills if we're doing his work? God says there you reap what you sow, and that doesn't mean if you give... A tenor, God's going to give you 10,000 pounds back, 10,000 euro back. Meaning that as you're giving, God allows you to reap the benefits of your giving, and you can keep giving and keep going and keep giving. It's a matter of getting our priorities straight. God says, I want you to go out, I want you to build this house, and I want you to do this task that's laid out before you. And I think God might be saying the exact same thing in Ace Baptist Fellowship today. I've been burdened about this for a while, and today I didn't want to head off to the States and not say something before I went. Um, we're going to, and then we have an AGM coming up at the end of October. Make sure you, is it 26th of October? Hmm? 27th. Uh, put that date down in your calendar. 
whether you're a member or not, there's an annual meet, an AGM. It's not close to members. The voting on the budget's close to members, but the meeting's not close to members. It'll be at somebody's house usually. We usually get pizza and have our, our business meeting. Um, I'd like to have some serious prayer going on between them. Anyway, God says, good to work. And then verse 9 through 11, he talks about their priorities again. He looked for much, and indeed it came to little. You brought it home, I blew it away. Why, said the Lord of hosts, because my house is in ruins, and whatever one of you takes care of his own house. Therefore the blessings are being withheld. The heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. And God even says, I've called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, and on the oil, and whatever the ground brings, on me and on livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. God says, all the blessings are there, all we have to do is get busy and start doing the work. God says, I'll take care of it. Do you believe if we decide to take a step to make a transition here that God can take care of the needs? Can we serve God better in a different place? There's no doubt the answer is yes. I would love to have, an, I would love to have a, a building near town or in town where I could keep regular office hours and the door was always open. People come in off the street and have a cup of tea and all those kind of things. And people could come in, if you're free for a day, come in and just hang around and, and probably do work on the building, keep it clean, all that kind of stuff. But we're there where people can see us. Um, the possibilities are limitless. So I call this a principle of pride because I think sometimes we're too afraid of what we're too afraid to trust God. But look at verse 12 and 13. Right? I'm not going to keep you long. It says that there's not a whole lot to say here. It's pretty much black and white. So I'm not going to keep you long. Verse 12 and 13. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the presence of God. Then verse 13 says, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to me, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. That's a pretty big promise, isn't it? Do you think God's promise to us is any less than God's promise to Israel? No? That phrase, I am with you, happens over and over and over again. It's one of the things that's like God's taking a stick. I'm with you. I'm with you. Beating it into our thick skulls. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be with you, saith the Lord. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. God says, I'll be with you. We don't have to face this daunting task. And to me, it's not only a daunting task, but at my age, it's not just a daunting task. It's a terrifying task. Scares me. It scares me to death. Taking this next big step of faith. But I do believe that if we take this step of faith, that God will be with us as we take this step of faith. I realize this was written to a specific time period to the Jews to build the temple. But these are principles of doing God's work that don't change whether it's in the Old Testament dispensation or the New Testament dispensation. God wants His work done. He wants us. God says, I'll meet your needs. I'll take care of you. But He also says, listen, you need to do God's work. Remember back when the tabernacle, anybody remember the story back when the tabernacle was built? And it was going to cost a fortune. It, it, there's no way the nation had the mind to pay for it. So people, the, the, the um, I can't remember his name now. Was it, might have been, might have even been Moses. 
He said, I want you to bring in the resource. Let's get this temple built or the tabernacle built. Do you know what happened in that story with the giving? Anybody know? Remember the story what happened with the giving? They started bringing in their earrings and their nose rings and their bracelets and their necklaces and their fancy fixtures. And it got to the point where Moses had to... Do you remember what Moses had to say at the end? That's enough. Stop. We don't need any more. Some kind of difference, isn't it? I'm looking forward to the annual meeting. And I do appreciate the fact that our giving has improved over the last few weeks. But it takes resources and it's going to take work if we're going to do this. We can sit here and we can keep coming to church on Sunday morning and having sweet fellowship. We can do all that. That, that. That's okay. But I look around this room this morning. I see so much potential in the, the families in this church. How many kids do we have coming? Close to 10 or 12 kids coming to church now? I mean, look at the potential of kids in our church. And how exciting it would be for them one day to look back and remember when God changed Nace Baptist Fellowship. God can do that. God says, I will be with you. Last thing is what they do. Their performance. Um, performance of the people in verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people whose hearts were stirred when you look at that verse read read the whole thing again whose hearts were stirred the leaders hearts were stirred but who else's hearts were stirred there's one key word in there one key little three letter word about who else was stirred you see it he stirred up these leaders and he stirred up the what's the key little three letter word it's not hard. It starts with a letter and has a double letter after that. All. Did somebody say all? Thank you. All the remnant of the people. They were unified in taking that step of faith. They worked together and there was unity. And what did God do with that unity? That unity of purpose. That unity of labor. What does it say? All the remnant of people and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. They saw the need. They were presented to check out their priorities. God stirred the hearts of their leaders and He stirred the hearts of the people. And they came and did the work. It's my prayer. It's my earnest prayer that God would begin now to stir up our hearts and take that next step of faith. And I want you to be frank with me, all right? If you want to talk to me, you don't like what I said, you have input on what I said, if you don't think what I said is fair, please come and talk to me. Don't, Don't get mad at me. Don't get offended. Come and talk to me, okay? Um, but God challenged them. All I want you to do, I want you to do one thing for the time being. I want you to take those three little words that Haggai repeated. Consider your ways. That's all I want you to do. In your prayer time, in your devotions, in your family devotions, 
Let's each of us take those words to heart and consider our ways. And if Mary can remind me, we're going to make that a part of our daily prayer. That we would consider our ways. We look to a great and mighty God to do a great and mighty work. But you know what? If we're not attempting great things for God, it's not going to happen. And this is a great thing we can do for God. We have so much potential to reach this town. We ought to be at every public fair. We ought to be involved in everything that goes on. We ought to always be out in the forefront. But you know what? Caroline pointed out, we need a place to bring, we need a place to send them. Okay? I appreciate your attention. I realize this was a bit pointed. Um, I realize this wasn't.